0: Do spirituality and music mix? Is music even permissible in Islam? What does it mean to be a man that supports women? Buckle up on this episode's ride, following a musician on a journey around the world through his creative process while learning how to love and leaning into inspiration, moved by his soul's relationship with God. I know, we cover a lot of ground. As mentioned on the last episode of Body & Wine, Raz is a musician based in The Six, producing Stadium Hip Hop from the Heart. His first single, My World, from the EP set to release this month, October 2019, featured Issam B and reached over 100,000 views on youtube and over 65 plays on spotify with some sprinkling of raz's music let's you and i charlie gray explore with raz today on body and wine
1: please we're so hungry we're hungry for more
2: The body of those listening is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and together we desire and agree that it is in good health.
0: Today's podcast was recorded on and overlooking sky-high the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse nations, Inuit and Métis peoples. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. It is here that Raz and I dive right into the casual topic of masculinity and Islam. How's
2: it going? How's it going? (laughs) The first thing that comes to mind when I think about sexuality, because it's just top of mind I guess, Mm -hmm. is there's ways to be a man Mm -hmm. and a Muslim. There's responsibilities you have. Like I just got married three years ago, Mm. and well first of all, the one thing I don't think a lot of people know, which I only gathered when I was getting ready to get married, Mm -hmm. I only understood, was that the woman actually chooses the man for the head of their household. Mm. The man doesn't choose the woman. So that's why right before the ceremony is done, the woman is taken into a room with Witnesses who are not related to the male hmm. and, the, and the scholar and the imam, and then they, the imam has to ask her, Have you been coerced into doing this at all? Wow. And if she says yes or indicates to him yeah. that there's any coercion wow. or resistance, he's yeah. not allowed to carry the. And these are the type of things that I never knew. When we were getting ready to get married, I didn't know what the whole process was. Nice. And then I learned that, oh, she could walk into that room and be like, No. That's yeah, it. that there She's is leaves. some
0: systemic power there, like yeah. that, in theory, that's good. And you. it's
2: actually maybe not completely, but it's in favor of the woman. And then on top of that, we have certain things we have to do, like pray five times a day, we give charity mm-hmm. um, on a regular basis, but also there's like a zakat is mandatory yearly mm-hmm. donation. We go to Hajj, we're supposed to, if you can, you go to Hajj. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, the wife can actually say, hey, you're the head of my household, pay mm-hmm. hey, my zakat. She can say, I'm not working. Yeah. Well, you make money, bring mm-hmm. it home. He cat, and the only thing she... Oh, the, yeah, the only thing she has to do for herself is pray five times a day, because mm-hmm. nobody can do that for you. Right. And I think the other thing is go to Hajj. That's so, it's so fascinating. fascinating. Yeah. That's what I learned at somebody else's wedding. I was like, right. wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot more responsibility mm. than I thought I did. Mm. And it made me become more of a man, or try to become more of a man. Especially when I was sitting there, and we were like sitting in front of the contract, yeah. and then it hit me, I was like, what I'm saying is I'm taking responsibility for her- For caring for her. Caring for her yeah. and her yeah. livelihood. Yeah. And regardless of if she, like my wife's in residency, she will definitely be making more money than I am. Right. <laughs> But regardless of aspects mm. of salary and success mm-hmm. in the material sense, I can't imagine being a father mm. and handing off your daughter to a random guy. Right. Because there's for the most part, yeah. there's no way he's going to actually know who I am. And then it hit me. I was like, I'm responsible for somebody for the first time in my life. And yes, yeah, she's responsible and she's she's successful and she's right. Born. But at the end yeah. of the day, like... Like it's not like it's an unequal thing, but just it's this... It's just like she could... Your she, role in the partnership. Exactly. Yeah. And then she can say, yeah, go work. Go figure it out, yeah. religiously. And I have to be like, all right.
0: So how do you think that plays out in reality in terms of religiously she has that power? Do you think that happens still a lot of the time?
2: I, I totally think it depends on the time and the place. For one, I don't think it's something that is practiced all that much but also one that might not even be fully understood. I only say that because in the small sample of people that were at that mm-hmm. at that wedding, a lot of us afterwards were like, what? <laughs> and we're, we actively look for this knowledge. Right. So it was interesting to be like, whoa, yeah. I didn't know that much. And it, but it, the, the cool thing was it, it made sense. It also has to do with the person completely. Either way, in the religion, it's preached that, so the man has that responsibility, mm-hmm. and then God says to the women, like the best of you, mm-hmm. pretty much in a nutshell, I'm not quoting it, mm-hmm. focus on their spirituality and their devotion yeah. to god pretty much they ask for less mm-hmm. so there is this balance constantly in islam which i'm sure you've yeah. heard about being yeah. in egypt <laughs> yeah. yeah but um there's supposed to be this balance of okay you technically have all of these rights the best of you mm. are kind and generous right. and patient like not taking advantage exactly so just because you have that right doesn't right. necessarily mean it could be that you do and it's better for the both of you
0: yeah well and i wonder too if at least i've definitely seen this in christianity where sometimes just in terms in reference to you're not entirely knowing about that kind of like mm-hmm. religious power in a way that she has is because sometimes in certain systems culture and interpretation gets mistaken for oh, yeah. religious law so people might not even ever some people yeah might get married and not even know that they have that power because mm-hmm. they haven't been taught it because just the culture is so gone one way and forgotten or chosen not to, to see that knowledge so it's do you know what I mean That's like the it's, other part of it I think yeah.
2: to some extent it's not practiced necessarily here right. just because we live in a different place. era and a different place yeah. <clears throat> where for instance I'm learning now being married and my wife has two sisters mm-hmm. majority of her friends are female mm-hmm. I'm learning what it actually means to support women's rights. Hmm. I always knew that I was ignorant to an extent because I'm not female. Right. And there's just things I won't understand. Yeah. And I would always say, like, well, that's not fair. I don't care if it's male or female. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. Mm. That's just not fair. Right. But when I start to understand and be around... Mature intelligent women who talk about these women things articulate art- it to I you. Like, I really don't understand <sighs> wow. And when I think about that in Toronto or in mm. North America in 2019 Naturally with that type of conversation happening mm-hmm. I don't think those things would be practiced as much as right. widely, but like you said some cultures even maybe in definitely in North America and Canada, yeah older generations even in our in our generation mm. there's that mix between, mm. or that confusion between mm. the actual practice mm-hmm. and the, the root of the, what you're supposed to be practicing in the right. religion, right. and then the cultural aspects right. that come into play. and stuff. And then obviously, if you go to some of those countries where there's not a huge melting pot of cultures, right. that's still extremely strong. Right, totally. Like it's still... Yeah, the, There's other things that are about. conflated, yeah. It's interesting to me that I know that in Canada, it's very progressive in the sense of seeking knowledge and understanding, mm. at least I can speak for the Muslim community, understanding the religion for the most part. But I almost realized that we live in a bubble because mm. we assume that that same mentality for the young people trying to understand the religion right. is the same in Palestine and is the same in India and is in Australia. And right. So it's interesting Like some of the issues that may not be the hot topic right now yeah. in Canada... And we're like, oh yeah, we moved past that. Yeah, you're in a very small one totally. percent world that actually that knows that, that, can to that, that or can practice that, and that's not even to say we're better. It's just that no, it's it's, just it's, it's fascinating that like you go back and they're having the same conversation, even if it's like a couple years apart, exact same conversation. Yeah. And, and even really within better.
0: Palestine, you might have that bubble that still exactly, exists similar yeah. to here, but then like five kilometers outside the city, we're in a really conservative town. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different conversation. Also, it's been cool doing this project because I find myself talking to a lot of different people who are still religious in their own way or like very spiritually grounded in their own way but are kind of going through this reclaiming or relearning process which is just fascinating and it seems to be yeah it's different around the
2: world and but it's kind of fun
0: to yeah, see people like yeah Even not
1: right now i'm like this is so fascinating
2: yeah I'm like it's like firing off in my head cool i guess one more point on the women that mm. like women in islam mm-hmm. and mine like what i've come to learn about mm-hmm. responsibility and such mm-hmm. like you're familiar with Hadiths, Yeah, So, but you could, could you maybe explain yeah, it? So yeah, so more so um, the hadith is teachings or lessons or sayings and from the life of the Prophet Muhammad mm-hmm. And then the Quran is the word of God That word of God relayed to the Prophet Muhammad mm-hmm. And then the message, which is why he's the messenger He's mm-hmm. relaying that information But then the way he lived his life, mm-hmm. we get the hadiths More everyday, the way to have an Islamic lifestyle Okay. comes from yeah. the hadiths who said that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and when I say sallallahu alaihi wasallam it's just Arabic for peace be upon him mm. we we're supposed to say that every time yeah. we say his name it's interesting because there's an authentication process that has to happen to prove the validity of mm. what somebody said the prophet had said okay because um, you can't just, just say oh he said that he so said that this yeah. and then because you have influence people are like cool we're follow that now right. Um, Because it's taken very seriously So in those hadiths about how we live our life and how the Prophet lived his life that we we try to follow as close to as possible We get the most and the highest authenticated hadiths from his wife Aisha the The first Muslim was his first wife, Khadijah. Hmm. So it's like it always blows my mind yeah, that like that
0: she was considered to be a strong enough voice in a way. Was and when was uh, regarded uh, uh, Khadija
2: as, was radiallahu and how was very wealthy. Like she chose she was like right. she Prophet Muhammad was working for her. Yeah. So
0: she would have had some power and she yeah. was very influential mm-hmm. and she was the first Muslim. And right. I think
2: about that and then there's in the Quran it says like, heaven is at the feet of your mother. If you're dying, let's say you're in the hospital on a deathbed, the first thing the Imam does is call your mom to ask her if she forgives you for any way, anything that you've done or wronged yeah. her in any way. And if she doesn't say yes mm-hmm you don't go to heaven. like yeah, So you better keep things good with your mom. Exactly. <laughs> and it's it's like somebody asked the prophet, so I'm like, who's sh- the rank of how you should love the people in your life? Mm-hmm. And he said, like your mother, your mother, your mother and then your father. Wow. And it's, it's so when mm-hmm. I think about all those things yeah. and then you put them together in context with getting married and understanding the rights that mm-hmm. the woman has, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's really changing mm-hmm. my perception of masculinity. Cool. Like what does it actually mean to be responsible and a strong man if you don't understand any of the rights that your woman has right, right. over you. and It's a
0: shift in how you see your power, like, as opposed exactly. to like, I have power over and more
2: rights than or whatever. It's like, we have power together, but we have different responsibilities. And that always comes down to however you the partners decide to mm, work distribute out. those things yeah. <laughs> and figure it out. There's no reason, in my opinion, why I can't be a stay-at-home dad. But there's still responsibilities. That's a discussion to be had between. There's nothing that says you can't. Yeah. It's just my perception changed. And when I think about all those things, like wait a minute, mm. the most, if you want to call it, prolific and authenticated scholar yeah. is a woman. Mm. Obviously, because she's living with the Prophet and yeah. saw everything he did and was awake every time he woke up mm-hmm, to pray. And mm-hmm. Was there when he cried and was there when he He was like put down, and was there when he struggled. Saw him in all the moments. Naturally, she's gonna, and it's it's interesting. It changed my perspective of how I think of uh, I guess masculinity in the religion. I spent a lot of time with like my grandmother. I just realized the other the other day when. Like I'm always looking at and reading about like the whole Me Too movement mm-hmm. and just women's rights and I wouldn't say I'm like studying it, but I'm definitely aware and Staying I think about it, yeah. but I really don't dive into it. I think I'm very much thinking about how I function as a human being in the world in relation to those things, mm-hmm. like, especially being in the music industry. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. what would I do if I saw that? A body of work that yeah. I need to understand, but just for myself. And I realized that biggest influences in my, in my life have all been female. My grandmother. I was, I was like the closest with my grandmother. I think a lot more like my mom. I can see now that we're older, my brothers are both older than me. I would say we're all mixed, like obviously of our mom and dad. Yeah. But I would say I lean closer to my mom and my brothers lean closer to my dad. I spent a lot of time analysing my household and being like the quieter one. I think that had a lot to do with it because like my brothers were my oldest brother's like eight years older than me. Okay. The other one's like three years, I think, older yeah. than me. Like, if they were going through an issue or they're teenagers or whatever, I would just just wasn't a teenager yet. So you were so, observing. Yeah, and my mom still had, like, control over me, right? I, right. Was a, I was a child. And so I really got to see, like, my mom's perspective. And she would say things to me like, don't ever do that. Mm. or Make sure you don't become somebody that's like that. So do, you, do you see how that affects this and this and she's very so she kind of helped
0: you be in tune with other people yeah now charities. that I think about yeah. it she was very huh. much like do
2: you see how that makes other people feel that's this cool. way and she actually was the first person that made me analyze a song as early as uh, I can remember wow so there was a line in a song I hope you still feel small when you stand beside the ocean what's that from it's um it's definitely I heard you, that I hope you dance yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. The name of the song yeah yeah we were like driving the car yeah. on the way to school in the morning and we used to go to an Islamic school so it was in Mississauga and we were. In Brampton okay. when I was like grade two. Yeah. And I still remember her saying, like, when you get home from school today, tell me what you think that means. Oh, <laughs> I like your mom. That's yeah. Cool. And it's so interesting because, like, <laughs> by no means was she this way through my teen years. But wow. when I was really young, I started remembering these things. Hmm. Um, yeah. Um, but because I think of that interaction and having, like, mm-hmm. the, I guess, an outside perspective to an extent of my family life, mm-hmm. and for us, it's three boys my dad and my mom. I think it really changed the way I think People and mean. perceive. Just life, but mm-hmm. a lot of that mentality came from women in my life. Cool. And now, even my wife Eba, mm-hmm. I realize like mean, she's a huge influence in my life, mm-hmm. obviously. But even like psychologically, and it just seems to keep being women. I find I have better conversations with women. I have more insightful conversations.
0: And why do you think that is? In terms of what I don't know, what other men are maybe going through? Why?
2: Yeah, in my opinion, I think it's a lot of the whole, how does that make you feel? <laughs> and I don't think the guys around me or the guy like when I grew up, that tapping into your feelings was a, not even just tapping into them. Because yeah. obviously everybody's feeling things and they have feelings, but I think it was um, more so articulating, being able to say, I'm upset, or I didn't like that, yeah. or I feel sad about that Mm -hmm. and I don't know what happened but along the way I became when I realized that most guys around me didn't speak that way or didn't know how I think it was really didn't know how to articulate to get into that conversation Mm -hmm. I realized that I could and that it made me different at least in my circles Mm -hmm. to be able to just talk Mm -hmm. and say whatever I'm feeling and to some extent I think all the sports and that performance side of my life was it made me more resilient to people saying something. Playing at a high level, you're pushed to a really- like yeah. You're pushed to your limits a lot, and then you realize that it really doesn't matter what other people say or do, hmm. it matters how you perform. And that it informs the rest of my life now. Cool. So I think with all that combined, I started saying, you know what, I'm Just gonna like talk built about- a lot of strength of character. Yeah, and, like this yeah, is what makes me reflection. different is that I can articulate that. It allows yeah. me to write the way I write. And you I, haven't been afraid of putting that emotion in there. No, and I, I, don't know, I don't know why I'm able to- s- Say it. I just realized that I could. Mm -hmm. And now it's translated into Mm -hmm. I make vulnerable music. Mm -hmm. I have a song out now called Chick Chick Bang. And it's very specific. A little, not aggressive, but it's it's intense and Mm -hmm. it's specific Mm about a specific perspective I had on like the Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. I just impression of the Black community in general, Mm -hmm. the African American community. I had a very specific thing to say about it. So obviously that's gonna have a specific tone, (coughs) and I said that. But if I'm for the most part, if I'm talking about like Oh, this relationship I had, or Mm -hmm. the way this person made me feel, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be the song. I find myself thinking constantly, like, if it doesn't make (laughs) me want to cry, then it's not good enough. And it's interesting, because I think at an early age, I, for whatever reason, realized that it was... Like I would find myself in my bedroom just like crying and mm. I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just crying. And then as I got older, like obviously I didn't tell anybody that. Yeah. You're probably the first person that told that. Mm. But like I just I was like, I cry. And I was like, I'm not making myself cry. I'm not sitting right. there being like, Yeah, you should cry. But you're like,
0: obviously experience picking up something in the world that is recognizing depth of feeling. Yeah. And, and it But and it's and cool I, that you haven't identified that as a negative. Whereas like some people would think Because yeah. I know a lot of people, even yeah. people around me, a
2: majority I would say they would think males so. would be like, I shouldn't be crying. Like a sensitivity is seen as a bad
0: thing exactly yeah yeah. as opposed to being like in tune or aware or
2: whatever yeah and as i got older i realized like no i'm just in i figured out. i started figuring out why i cried no that is innately bad there's something to cry about it's okay why aren't you crying (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. that took me into like my 20s Uh... to be like oh it's a good thing you just have no emotion right <laughs> or you, you just shut, don't it know, yeah, shut it down right? yeah you have shut it down you don't know how to feel yeah and that to me is more sad and upsetting yeah than me crying totally but that took like I don't I couldn't tell you why I got in that direction mm. I for me I think it's a blessing that I went in that direction totally and yeah. I actually don't care if someone yeah. says anything about it so let me do it totally. Because not everybody can do this. Yeah, and it helps create <laughs> culture where that's more and more possible. Yeah. I think that's a great point because a big part mm. of my music is culture. I have a culture I'm trying to mm. set for myself first. Mm-hmm. Um, that reflects the people around me, mm-hmm. and the culture becomes a big part of it. Like if mm-hmm. I'm not saying what I'm feeling, how can I build that culture and make right. all that comfortability? Yeah, if you want that for other people, you know, but you can't do it yourself, myself, then, then yeah. And I think really a big hard. part of it became why music is a big thing for me spiritually. And I guess in terms of sexuality as a male, um, uh, in that side of sexuality, is it's my way of constantly telling myself, like, oh, if you want that to be that way, or you think it should be that way, do it yourself. Yeah. Figure it out on your own first. Right. You can't expect other people Otherwise, to like your music if you don't like your music. You can't yeah. expect people to hmm. talk about their emotions
1: if you don't talk about your emotions. I think your clouds is heavy, Hi. Ha, gunshots in the air Ra, ra, it's raining bullets over here Chick-chick gunshots in the air Ra, ra, think your clouds is heavy Ha! The ha, ha. bullets over here. Chick, Let's chick. get real for a minute for the bullet left the gun Too quick to pull the trigger and forget that he's a son But let him pull the trigger and his skin be black or brown Guilty to proven innocent like 1991 I said get real for a minute for the bullet leaves the gun We quick to pull the trigger and forget that he's a son But let him pull the trigger and his name be Hassan Terrorist to proven white, oh, just a troubled son
2: Cool. And so did your wife, Heba, you said? Yes. When I came back from Germany, actually, I saw her at a Williams. I was there doing like all this music stuff.
0: Wait, so you were in Germany doing a... I was on tour. When was that? <laughs> Years ago then? was no?
2: the summer of 2013. Cool. So oh. I graduated. Sure, I yeah. went to Western for kinesiology. Mm-hmm. Loved it. And then I started, I was writing for a long time and I started actually rapping mm-hmm. uh, randomly in... This like resident gone, like the RA's dorm room. Mm-hmm. They were just like messing around. And he was like, Oh, do you have to get on the mic and I actually like wrote and I did it and then he went and like played it for a bunch of people in the residence. Yeah. And people were like, Oh, you're the guy in that song, What are you talking about? <laughs> like I just completely you didn't even know, yeah. I did forgot about it. And then got a lot of good feedback and realized that I actually enjoyed the process of it. Mm-hmm. Which now I realize is the more important thing, is understanding the process. Yeah, like, and that loving being the, the most process. important thing. Because yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like. that's what will give you a career, yeah. I think, rather than yeah. loving the outcome. So I started recording more. That's when I went and I found a mic. And I was at the same time applying. I was trying to get into med school. So my summers were just like MCAT courses. Wow. Extra courses. The week before I wrote my MCAT, mm-hmm. like the exam to actually... That you, know, you need to even apply to get into med school yeah it was literally this sunday i think before and i had to write on the saturday wow after a whole summer of courses and whatever mm-hmm. I had somebody asked me like why i wanted to be a doctor so at that point into second year university i had realized that i wanted to take music seriously but it still wasn't at the forefront of what i was doing but i was taking it seriously i was doing in all my spare time i was i was making music Sweet. and writing and then somebody asked me why i wanted to be a doctor and i was like cool I do not have an answer for you Whoa. and then it hit me where I was like wow. I'm gonna go sit through this six hour exam never mind like if I get into many med years. school yeah. and if I don't putting myself through this for another year mm. to try to get in because um, that was probably the the more was more likely right um, in Canada at least but it takes
0: a, like a couple tries yeah. yeah
2: as much as I did really well I wasn't like a shoe in yeah and then I was like on top of that you want to be an orthopedic surgeon that's <laughs> gonna take you I think the residency is like nine years or something let alone just having spare time for music exactly and, like, energy and, and then yeah. it hit me I was just like yeah I'm doing this wow and then I told my parents and they were supportive but still kind of obviously upset because yeah. I had high ambition that's when like everything shifted and I started becoming a creative I think as Mm -hmm. opposed to just writing Mm -hmm. I started my creative process Mm -hmm. and from there getting to Germany how I got there was that's Summer. So you're still in university. Yeah, so I'm yeah. going into third year summer before fourth year. Somebody asked me, there was the uh, exchange trip for the kinesiology students to Australia. Oh. And one of my friends who I'd met maybe like I don't know a month before, mm-hmm. Rachel, was like, hey, I'm applying, you should apply. Mm-hmm. And then another friend of mine was like, hey, I might apply, why don't you go? So Rachel just told me she's going. And this other friend that mm-hmm. I knew a little bit better was like, you should go. And my immediate response, I'll still remember this, I'm standing in the gym at Western, and mm-hmm. immediately I go, no, I gotta be here, I have courses in the summer. And she was like, no, you don't. <laughs> But you're so you were so, so like, like instinctively yeah. like that's what my summary was. And I was like, Oh,
1: you're, you're right. right. You do.
2: Actually doing nothing. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> my new friend Rachel mm-hmm. was like, the deadline closed in February, and this is like April at this point. Oh, wow. right before exams. Oh <laughs> well, that sucks. Yeah. But hey, I have a whole summer, let me figure out what I'm gonna do. And Rachel was like, You should go hand it in. I'm like, I'm two months, three months <laughs> late. Like, yeah. So I walk into the office and they're like, actually, yeah, there's somebody pending, so we'll take your oh. application. And when I handed in my application, she came in to say no to Australia. <gasps> Wow. So I said hi to her or whatever and she left and I handed in my application that I did in like three days. Wow. And I ended up going to Australia for the first semester of fourth year. Cool. And there I met this guy in Germany, the lead singer of a band, Sebastian, um, of a band, None But Fools. Mm. And we did with like this guitarist from Mexico and a singer from New Jersey and like wow. these random. Cool mashup. Mashup of people. We yeah. did like random shows on campus. Where were you in Australia? We're in Melbourne. Okay, cool. Yeah. And we did a few shows. And then he says, hey, we're going on tour next summer, you should come. And this is right, school in Australia finished in October, roughly. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have to be back till January. so Right before we're all about to go in different directions to just travel, yeah. he's like, you should come. We'll talk when we all get back at the end of December. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever, sure. Yeah. And we went, I went to Thailand, Cambodia, yeah. Tasmania. And then we get back and we're all getting ready to just go home now. Traveled, got back to Melbourne, packed all our stuff. And he's like, So I told my band you're coming, so can you be <laughs> here by July 3rd or something? And I was like, Oh, you're serious? <laughs> I was like, Wait a minute, I'm not doing anything this summer. Yeah. I'm graduating. Yeah. I was like, I want to take music seriously. In that time, I had started writing for Isam, who's on the song that I just released, My Room. Mm. So he's oh, part yes. of a band, it's Outlandish, a cool for one. a long time, mm. who was like really well known. The tour ended on the North Sea, on the north coast of Germany, okay. which is like an hour south of Copenhagen where Isam was. Wow. And his band, Outlandish, was on tour, but they were back for four days. Wow. And those four days, the first day was the day we finished the tour. Mm. So we did a like, tour through Germany. I was staying with the guitarist in the band in like his attic, literally. Yeah. Cologne, in yeah. Germany. And then they dropped me off at a random train station, and I, like, and I met Isam, and I literally got there to just shake his hand. But I was on a- actually, when I went to Germany, I went on a one-way ticket. So I said, I'm going to go. I'm going to make music See what work. happens. So I, this lined up too well. Like, I'm yeah. doing a tour. It's going to end an hour south of Copenhagen. Yeah. This guy I've been writing for yeah. in the industry who it's is wonderful. super successful. And I have never met him face right. to face. He actually told me, he's like, yeah, I think you should go home. Mm-hmm. So I got to him. I'm like, hey, I'm here. I'm going to find a place to live. And I just want to make music work. And then the next day, he's like, yeah, I think you should go home. Whoa. Why like, did he say that? What was his like? Was his thought? Just like, that's where you should be? Or so he, his interpretation was he's never seen an artist genuinely grow like an audience Mm -hmm. and a fan base and themselves outside of their own community at first and at the time i was like you know what we are talking about we have youtube but like whatever and then it hit me i literally woke up at like 5 a.m one day and i was just like i need to go home
1: seen too many broken tomorrows stolen futures and sorrows broken hopes to be spoken Now left in the door swinging open intruders invading with bruggers no news, but they're leaving us choking. It's times like this I remember. The devil don't be provoking. When barrels and nazis are puffing and passing, and I swear to God that they smoking. We fight in a war. We gon' need a lot more than some Mahatma Gandhi croaksin'. These sticks and stones are raining bullets on broken homes. I only cry when I see the rubble. I guess we never know till it's gone. Oh, Put the wire in my palm, I have it so- so-
2: Early, it was like November 2013. Yeah, when I came back, is when I met Heba. So I was just focused on music. Yeah. So like, I'm back, but all I'm doing is music, and yeah. I was gonna get a job. You're this lady. And then I, <laughs> I was in Williams, just like constantly working on stuff. Cool. And then I ran into her. We got yeah. married like it probably, I think it was like a year and a bit after. Oh, that's nice. It was really cool
0: following on your Instagram and stuff like you've been pretty vocal about your beliefs like, in and around mm-hmm. your career which has been like, kind of interesting to watch. What is your relationship between your faith and your music? How does one influence
2: the yeah. other or express itself or is it really that related? Like, how do you see that relationship? When I started writing music and I started focusing I realized that the people that I looked up to like Lauren Hill and Talib, Wali mm-hmm. and Lupe they either were spiritual or they followed a specific religion or they would studied like Islam and Christianity mm-hmm. and Judaism mm-hmm. and what they were saying in their music I was like that that's what I want to say is cool. no matter what Lauren Hill said, it was like ultimate truths. So it was like a capital T truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whether you were Muslim or Christian or Catholic or Buddhist, yeah, or she's there is something in you for sure. She says something, and you yeah. have to you have to agree. You're yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah. You have to feel it. Mm. I wasn't getting that from if you want to call it the Muslim industry right. music. So, I was like, where are they getting these truths from? Mm-hmm. Like, how are they saying these things? Mm-hmm. And it hitting home for me when I have no relation to Lauryn Hill. We didn't grow up in the same place. Yeah. We're not even the same gender. We're right. not. Whatever. And but, I realized but that What she is she tapping into yeah you also? And then it. I learned that she had studied the Bible and the Quran and like was very spiritual in that sense, mm, just mm-hmm. learning. And then I was like, wait a minute. Like, I have the Quran And that's when my writing really took a turn And I started actually writing stuff that I really liked And so from the get-go That's how the, I guess the spirituality came into my music It hit home for me My grandfather really drove it into my head That like Islam and being Muslim is a way of life It's not just religion It's mm. no check boxes. <laughs> it's a way of life So And it's interesting because when I started writing raps and music mm-hmm. was when I actually realized that I was practicing my religion more because mm-hmm. now it was it was kind of like holding me up to a standard for my within myself wow like what are you talking about mm-hmm. when I have to think about all of these things mm-hmm. it was like eight years from now ten years from now mm-hmm. when I'm dead mm-hmm. I can't take any of that stuff back what do I want to have said what, what I grew into and what I realized was I for a long time didn't say anything for the most part my music was not littered with anything that was Directly related to Islam, mm-hmm. in the sense of Like saying the Prophet's name or saying some prayers in Arabic on it or whatever Yeah But yeah, I realized that I really wanted to showcase the lifestyle and the Understanding of my religion for wherever I was at that point in my life Yeah By just saying everyday things Saying yeah. in ways that everybody can relate to Because for cool. me, to be honest, part of it is If you're already Muslim you're gonna understand what I'm saying in relation to mm-hmm. the Quran or the Hadith or the practice or mm-hmm. the struggles we go through. And to be honest, for, as a Muslim, I'm not. I'm trying to get people who aren't Muslim to get some insight into mm-hmm. what we go through or what our mm-hmm. lifestyle is like or mm-hmm. why we do the things we do, especially in nowadays where everybody's a terrorist mm-hmm. or minorities mm-hmm. in various areas, whether you're black or Muslim mm-hmm. or just. Ethnic in any way, everybody has a struggle, and it's exaggerated now. Not exaggerated is the wrong word. It's blown out of proportion now, where people don't even do any research before they act or talk about somebody from a different Mm. population or Mm -hmm. community. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to say it in the way that I know, like my everyday vernacular and how I which is just being yourself anyway. Exactly, and underlying all of my music is the the fact that all of it comes from my everyday life living as a Muslim. What I'm going up and down with, if I'm like not praying, if I'm... Hmm.
0: You're just being a bit real. Yeah. I was like,
2: you know what? This is what it is. I want it to be real to me and genuine to me and as authentic to me as possible.
0: Which kind of is cool because I think it kind of goes back to something we talked a little bit about earlier in terms of this reclaiming of religion is, you know, if people who just want to listen to Muslim music want to listen to Muslim music, that exists already. Mm -hmm. And if people don't want to, well, then that definitely exists. But there's so many people trying to figure out, okay, well, I am like religious or have this part of me, but it's not like then I only fit in this box of what what being
2: Muslim means. I I still exist in this world. Exactly. So I don't agree with everything Drake's saying. Right. (laughs) But we want to that to Drake, sounds but a lot better than what's coming out of the Muslim community. <laughs> right. And yeah. everybody likes what Drake's doing, and yeah. it's fun. And then in the Muslim community, you're like, I fit better there, I guess, because right. I do want to, or I am practicing my religion. Sure. Yeah. So maybe I shouldn't be listening to some of the stuff that Drake's saying, mm. but I don't like that music. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's exactly, that. you're right, that's exactly where I sat. Mm. And I just realized... Yeah, like, why does it have to be black and white? Exactly. Oh, it, yeah. And actually, this is the first time I'm going to say this. Mm. In a way, it's a thought I've, like, a, a thought I've had. There's definitely um, a difference of opinion on even just music being permissible in Islam, which I'm not sure if you knew about.
0: Well, I only know about that in the extreme context of Saudi Arabia, because I have a lot of students mm. from Saudi. And so in terms of just the heightened way that I guess some Arab law presents yeah. itself, there would be a lot of cities where like Fair public enough. music isn't allowed. Yeah. So that's the only context I would really have yeah. heard.
2: And that's something that I think about all the time. Wow. So I do a lot of research myself. I speak to a lot of world-leading scholars whenever I can, and mm. I try to figure out my thing. And I, for myself, think that it's permissible yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. So if I'm swearing and talking about drugs and alcohol and sex and all these right. things that are genuinely not permissible in the religion, naturally, it's not permissible for me to be saying those things. If I'm making music that's just like club bangers, so people can mm. drink and party in a club, mm-hmm. that's not something that... I even do, never mind right. that's yeah. permissible as a Muslim. And what I realized recently, mm. in the last maybe year, was debate within the Muslim community is like, it's either permissible or it's not. And what I realized is when you actually do it, mm-hmm. there's, I feel like not enough people have done it or dove deep enough into it mm-hmm. to realize that it's a job. I think people take it as... It's either spiritual or it's not. So the people in the Muslim community who make music, Mm. like, let's call it the Muslim industry music, they're like, oh, it brings us closer to God. People listen to it and they want to practice their religion more, which is... Fair. If that's happening, that's happening. I can't, I'm not there. I can't say that. That's not happening. But then on the other side, Mm -hmm. the debate is, no, it's wrong because of this, this, and this. Their interpretation of that. And that's it. It's like spiritual or it's not. Mm. And what I realized trying to fit in in the middle was, for me, music isn't spiritual at all. When that hit me, I was like, wait a minute. What are we even debating about? And I stopped having the debate. I stopped having it because I was like, the one thing from the Quran, the one verse that always brings me, it always brings me calmness and brings me back to my purpose is God tells us that the state of mankind will never change until mankind changes the state of its own heart.
0: Body break. If you're enjoying what you hear, please consider checking out Body and Wine's Patreon page, patreon.com slash bodyandwinepodcast. Monthly donations of $1, $5, or $25 will help support the costs associated with the project. Either way, please share episodes in our Instagram at bodyandwinepodcast.com with friends and social media networks. Let's break down those taboos.
2: Boo yeah. So I was like, why am I debating with you and debating with you? I have to figure out what I'm doing to make yeah. any type of difference in my yeah. own life or anybody else's life. Yeah. And I just realized this is not a debate on, just on spirituality. I think that's an old debate when it comes to music and the arts, because mm. it's not just music. Visual artists, it's yeah. actors, it's, it's anything. I do still agree that there's a line that you can't cross if you're a practicing Muslim mm. and, and you're trying to be better as a Muslim. But there is a middle ground that is, this isn't spiritual for me. This is a tool that I use to get out what I need to say, yeah. to be creative. I think my creativity is probably tied to my spirituality. It makes me... Like for you personally, it might be exactly, having like a yeah. an outlet. But the music itself is not spiritual to me. As a Muslim, God tells us exactly how to get closer to him. You pray, you do those the five pillars of the religion. So it's not like the music is taking away from you doing
0: that. Like if you like, loved, for example, like working at a clothing store or something exactly. it wouldn't be like okay exactly. maybe you could talk about ethics around it and where the clothes came from or something like that but it's but not does. like is it fundamentally
2: nobody does they right. just go and they work and then it might come down to the point where the company like Nike or something gets so big yeah. and it's so obvious that people start quitting but really nobody goes to an engineering position and thinks about where that engineering is going nobody really thinks that if you're a software engineer nobody yeah. thinks about you might to some extent but nobody right. questions you becoming right. an engineer or
0: that, that could be your personal journey like why do I want to do exactly. that? exactly kind of but not someone having an that's outside that's opinion exactly yeah. but to
2: even start making music is, is mm-hmm. an issue mm-hmm. um, I think it's less now but when mm-hmm. I started eight nine years ago I was mm-hmm. still very much an issue mm-hmm. but then I hit this phase in my life where I was like I was being pulled into both directions mm-hmm. and then I realized wait a minute I don't actually agree with any of these directions mm-hmm. my direction is if God told me and I'm still on a journey to understand if it's I wouldn't say if it's permissible but if it's gonna be what I do for my entire life mm-hmm. because for me, the first step was I started referencing the Quran and my religion and trying to learn it so I could write better. Wow. And then it flipped on me and I started like, oh, this actually has answers to a lot of the issues in my life. Cool. Let me keep reading about it. Yeah. And I, I really started following trying yeah. to follow more and more. I realized that that was like step one for mm-hmm. me getting closer to God, mm-hmm. which is my ultimate goal in life. So who am I to say that step two and three and four are going to be the same thing? Right. Like that's going to be, as a Muslim, I'm like that's going to be whatever God wants it to be. Yeah, you'll see that. So right now, there's a tool that I have to mm-hmm. use... But I don't feel a connection to a higher thing when I listen to music. What about when you sing? And when you rap? Do you feel anything? I think it was easy before as a Muslim to pick one of those sides. Oh yeah, I feel very spiritual when I do it. But I realized that it might be an issue or a matter of articulation. So when I'm on stage and I'm rapping or I'm singing or I'm performing, it's exhilarating. And it's... Empowering, and more so for me, it's inspiring. Cool, because I can see the, the the effect that my words are having on people. And people come up to me afterwards. Yeah. For me, my lyrics are everything. So when people come yeah. up to me after the show, almost every show, which I never thought would happen. They're like, oh, what did you say? Like on this line, mm. you said this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Like there's a line I have in a song that's actually coming out in a few weeks. Cool. Where I say, you poured a couple shots. Now I'm the only one that's sober. And this young kid heard it when mm. I performed it last year. And came up to me, he's like, oh, what did you say about pouring shot?" And I knew this kid was Muslim, and he might have been struggling with something, alcohol or right. whatever. And it was so interesting, because I was like, wow. Yeah. It tells me every time, I have to be very careful about what I... And I explained it to him, but that to me is inspiring. Right. But I would not say for myself, it's, it's spiritual. spiritual. But I think in the past, people were like, yeah, I get, an, I get a lift from it. Wow. And that's automatically related to spirituality, because you're getting a lift. Interesting. But the reality is, if you're talking about being Muslim and being... Mm closer to God or being uplifted Mm -hmm. there's very specific ways to do that Mm -hmm. it's very simple the biggest thing in, in for a Muslim is their intention that's mm-hmm. what we you're judged on mm-hmm. so they're like check in because if your intention changes that's the issue I'm realizing it's a very lonely place mm-hmm. in the Muslim ministry. there are people doing it though like Issam which is mm-hmm. why he's a mentor of mine cool. um, Kat Stevens mm-hmm. so Yusuf Islam mm-hmm. a mentor of Issam's too mm-hmm. very profound like he actually stopped making music altogether mm-hmm. when he converted and then came back to it wow. and wrote a book on it and Issam sent me the book and said every Muslim wow. young Muslim artist needs to read this yeah and What's the book called? Do you remember? Why I Still Carry My Guitar. Cool. There's another verse from the Quran that's, actually don't quote me, it might be Hadith, but he who knows himself moves closer to God. Hmm. So you're checking uh, yourself a bit. Exactly. Yeah. He constantly pushes me to check myself. And then when I read that book, I just realized that he might be the only expert on the topic because no scholars have really, and that's not, obviously they're the spiritual or the religious experts on why might be permissible or why it's not Mm -hmm. but when you're talking about doing it as a career he was writing with Paul McCartney and hanging out with like Ringo Starr when he converted and dropped everything sold all his guitars all to auction didn't make any money off of it cut out his publishing from his music didn't make money off of it (laughs) Because that's That's the other thing. As a Muslim, it's like if you're getting your money in a way that's impermissible, then that's then it's like not good, right? That's the money you feed your kids with. Money is a responsibility you get from God. It's not yours. It's something you use to do things. Things you're doing are, yeah, if you want to say "quote unquote" tainted. As a Muslim, that's not right. So you cut out all the. (laughs) money everything it's wild and then he wrote a book about why he came back to making music and i was like you've been through it yeah and understand the nuances it's very easy for people to stand on the outside and talk about Mm -hmm. it and now i go through it and i'm realizing how my spirituality is tied to it and the first thing that hit me was it's not spiritual for me took my kindness as my weakness now it's me just me myself and...
1: sometimes it seems i can't tell which one is bolder the halo on my head or the horns on my shoulder and on the left where that demon sits is getting colder you poured a couple shots now i'm the only one that's sober drunk off a dream no more lines to read between try to hide behind a smile but crooked words and crooked speech you stumble the truth falls out when we are weak i wore my heart up on my sleeve but you chew the arm that feeds i'm humble Try to be the start But remember he who built it knows just how it comes apart And he knows my intentions from the start So when I'm looking out for me I pray he pardons when these words are hard The truth is everybody's ruthless all the same Everybody wants to hurt you But nobody's worth the pain The truth is everybody's ruthless all the same Everybody wants to hurt you But nobody's worth the pain my But yeah, it's been an interesting
2: journey of connecting my art with my spirituality, because Mm. at least in the Muslim community, it's a kind of like a mess.
0: I'm curious, you'd also mentioned just a little bit of the image that some people have about Muslims in the world and that being also a bit of a mess sometimes. Have you found that in the music industry in terms of how people perceive you? Has that been more positive? Has it been kind of struggle in
2: that? That's a fantastic question. When I first started and I realized that, so 9-11, for instance, Right around the time where I really was starting to finish music and right. ready to put it out. I was always in a lot of like social activism and community work. Mm-hmm. And for me, mm-hmm. because I'm sure this will get some people upset, I realized that all the picketing and debating and arguing, to be honest, that we were doing to try to prove that we as mm-hmm. Muslims weren't terrorists wasn't doing anything. In my opinion, mm-hmm. nothing was moving. Uh, actually, John Mayer says this in a, in one of his songs, Belief on Continuum. Okay. He, the whole song is about if we fight for, um, based on our beliefs, mm-hmm. we're never going to have any mm-hmm. change because everybody has different beliefs. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that what they believe is right. And one of the lines he says is, when have you seen someone actually change their mind from the words on a sign? And then it hit me. I was like, damn. Because <laughs> this is exactly what I went through. I was like, mm-hmm. I got to the point where I was like this. For me, I didn't see a movement in this picketing. Like, we can yell and scream and do whatever we want, but to be honest, they're telling us that we're aggressive. Mm-hmm. And we if we see someone that's not Muslim, we're supposed to kill them. Mm. But everything's based on this aggression and this, mm. and this murder mm. and this idea of war and conflict. Mm. Kill whoever's not like you. So what do you think will bring change? So what happened to me was I realized what would bring change was the same verse from the Quran. The state of mankind will never change change the state of your own hearts. Start with you. Start with what are you doing Mm. to make, in Islam everything's based in family, so you're strong on your family core in every way, not just spiritually, in every way then we have a better chance. So when I think about that, I was like, what am I doing in my mm, life? Yeah. I'm worried about what's going on, on the other side of the world, which is completely fair, and we yeah. should, but it's that saying of think globally, act locally. Yeah, the yeah.
0: change starts at home. Yeah, kind of how thing. can you
2: yeah. change anything? So that's what really hit home for me. And when I realized that I started thinking about everyday conversations and rhetoric. Mm. So when I came back from Germany, uh, it was on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. So because yeah. I was like, cheaper ticket, nobody's yeah. <laughs> on the plane, 19-hour flight, nice. it's going to be awesome, He's yeah. there, I'm sleeping across four seats, and there was another girl there around my age, and I was like, you don't celebrate Christmas either? And she, she was Jewish, and so she was yeah. like, no, Yeah. so we started talking, and she actually asked me on the plane at one point, point. she's like, so, aren't Muslims supposed to... To kill people that aren't Muslims. And she kind of oh. like tailed off. Whoa. And I just kind of laughed. And I was like... Was she genuinely asking me? Je- she was, she was genuinely asking me. She's like, aren't they supposed to like... She didn't say kill, but she was like, aren't they supposed to like... What? Like kill... And she kind of like tailed <laughs> off. And then I was like, well, we've been, on, we've been on this plane for about six hours, so I think you're okay. Yeah. And then I said... Yeah, and- I'm not like waiting till.' until... <laughs> I, what I told her was, I'm like, I don't know if you know this, but Muslims are actually, with with Judaism, we're the closest tied to Jewish yeah, yeah. communities than any other right. community. Right. Like, we eat halal meat. Mm-hmm. We can eat kosher. Mm-hmm. I can go to your house and eat mm-hmm. all the meat you have mm-hmm. as long as it's not pork. Right? And but that's, she, a, that's yeah. a strong thing to... That's mm-hmm. a strong... Our burial process is very similar Mm -hmm. it was interesting to hear that because i started thinking about the conversations that people have yeah and i said what if to be honest if i was around the people who i had previously been around picketing and debating and arguing Mm -hmm. and just saying no we're not that way we're not terrorists Mm -hmm. if i was still that person and she asked me that and i got upset what does she leave that conversation with when she goes home and she's from the u.s and somebody randomly goes oh these Mm -hmm. muslims are crazy very common line, I would say. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's saying these Muslims kill people, but I'm sure people are like, I don't know about these Muslims. Yeah. People. I don't know about these yeah. these Muslims and like they, I don't yeah. know about them. And then she, the only thing she can do is refer to a personal experience, and she knows that I'm Muslim. And when she asked me that, yeah, I flipped out. Right. It's not a far jump to be like, yeah. Would he hit somebody? That's right. like something more aggressive. Yeah. Look at his temper tantrums. Look at whatever. Yes. So what I and that's when I went quiet about being Muslim mm. in the industry in general. Wow. So I am getting to your point. Yeah. <laughs> when I go into the studio, yeah, I made it um, after that flight. I made it a conscious effort to not say that I'm Muslim. To not say initially. To just not walk right. up and be like, yeah, I do this and this. I'm
0: Muslim. People can discover it as they get to know. I was know like, you, if I'm living not. that life
2: and I live up to those standards, mm-hmm. I want people to respect me because they're not. The most part, but there are people, Mm -hmm. especially back around 9 11 and Mm -hmm. even now, who, if they hear that, the perception changes immediately. So I was like, I want to change the root of things. I think the root is how am I changing conversations?
0: Body and Wine podcast encourages guests to freely discuss their experiences, ideas, and opinions. These beliefs and stories are representative of the individuals that share them. Amongst laughs and bits of wisdom, these conversations can also include varying challenges related to belief and sexuality. Please use your discretion as you listen, and as always, take care of yourself.
2: So the the producer I work with, Spencer, Mm -hmm. Taboo Music, he is unbelievable got awesome tattoos
0: Oh, is he the one who's got spacers? Yeah, like I've seen he's him the in drummer summer. and he's yeah. a producer. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah. Cool. Um, one of my closest friends now, he is one of the most grateful and like humble people I've ever met mm-hmm. which are two of the characteristics that Muslims are supposed to fight to become. It's people like him who now we have conversations after two years of working together about uh-huh. Islam and he asks me conversations, but yeah. when I walked to the studio I'll be honest I was like this dude is tatted and he's a a white drummer Mm. he's in the music industry I was like I'm gonna be careful what I say because I don't know him yet right yeah and what helped is now I'm actually seeing it come to fruition like alhamdulillah which is really interesting Mm. because that decision I made to not say anything Mm -hmm. but do what I do Mm -hmm. and do it at a high level Mm -hmm. then nobody can question that Mm -hmm. and be polite and be kind and be patient Mm -hmm. and just be myself as much as I can and try to be a good person yeah even if I'm not at the time. (laughs) And then when they find out you're Muslim, Mm -hmm. it's very hard for them to go back to the judgment they had It was just from the media. Because now, I can definitely say that if someone stands in front of Spencer Mm -hmm. and says, those Muslims are crazy.
0: Yeah. He'll be, like, mm. he'll be like, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Because his reference is me and from what he right. told me, he has a good reflection of yeah. Muslims, which makes me super Yeah. Super he didn't happy. go
0: into it with like the stereotype in mind that exactly. pitted you against him necessarily exactly. from the But
2: beginning. one of my friends who is really close to me told me later on, now we're like best friends, mm-hmm. but he told me when we first started talking mm-hmm. that he found out I was a Muslim and was like apprehensive. Hmm. And so these experiences... It's are, such a shame that that's still a reality. And, but, and he's yeah. not an ignorant person, so right. he was like, this doesn't line up. Wow. But thats he was apprehensive and then went, this doesn't line up. And then So he asked questions. Cool. But not everybody's cool. like that. And that's yeah. what made me realize that it's all conversations. It's individual yeah. interactions. And
0: relationship building.
2: And, and to me, yeah. now this year, I've seen more, mm-hmm. more progress than I saw picketing, than I saw... Debating Because some random person that you know on your end of your mm-hmm. network comes up and says, these Muslims are crazy, or these Muslims are dangerous, mm-hmm. or we need to get them out of here, or whatever. And then there's three things that the person hearing that that you or Spencer could do. Mm-hmm. You can either agree, you could stay quiet mm-hmm. and disagree, or you could outwardly say, I don't know, because yeah. I know... Quite a few <laughs> Muslims, or I know. If I can at least get a few people who are close to me who aren't yeah. Muslim, or <laughs> advocating for like advocate, yeah. or just stay quiet mm. and go, I don't know about that guy yeah. that just said that, yeah. because that tells me more about his understanding. Because yeah. my understanding of Muslims is very different, so that tells me more about his ignorance, and that to me is progress. Mm-hmm. Because now when they walk around, their perception of me is very different. Right. But I can't control the conversation, so I know they're going to talk about, they're going to reference me and reference the other Muslims they interact with as yeah. the. entire Higher Muslim community. That's what the media does. They pick two people. Yeah. They pick two instances. And they say, that's the community. Yeah. So for me, it was like, how do we flip that? We're fighting media. Totally. We're fighting the that's biggest, huge. most... huge. Yeah. So for me, I was like, just do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Flip the perception. Just don't expect it to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. So when I go into the studios and stuff... Work ethic first, but I've been be- I've become better at saying, like, if something if someone brings like alcohol into the into mm-hmm. the studio, like, the- at first I used to say, Hey, we're working, and now I say, Hey, I don't drink and I don't want it in the studio because we're also working. Because drugs and alcohol are a very common thing, people right. get high before they record, right? To get loosened up, etc. etc. Yeah, but I'm realizing that if you put that work ethic first, yeah, and show them that Muslims are, or me as a Muslim, is, is hard working and yeah. I try my best to be respectful, etc., yeah, they do respect you. Yeah, but exactly now right good. behind Spencer. In the yeah. studio, you're mutually I out, building respect, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I whip out my prayer man, like, yeah. hey, I'm just gonna pray real quick, then we can start. And he's like, Cool, turns down the music. So now this year, I realized that it's work So, I that's cool, that's really cool. For a long time, I didn't want to push my music in the Muslim community, right? Because I didn't really want it to be typecasted, if you say yes, as, a, as like a Muslim rapper, and then where others wouldn't necessarily listen to it because they're like, Oh, well, I'm and he's not a Muslim, Muslim, so exactly, yeah. it's not gonna make any sense, yeah. But now I'm realizing that I that all had to do with my writing and how I presented my, my okay. marketing and my brand. Yeah. So if I don't write that way and you hear what I'm making, you probably don't even think I'm like a brown kid. whose right. parents are from the Caribbean yeah. and grew up in Brampton. And that, that's starting to become real to me. Cool. It's like I can hear myself back now and separate myself and be nice. like, no, this doesn't sound like yeah. a Muslim industry song. Yeah. So now I'm kind of leaning back. I'm actually... I want to share it with Muslim. And now I'm understanding that the audience that's going to understand everything I'm saying, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 150% of what I'm saying is going to be Muslim. And like you said, right.
0: in a lot of ways, you build your foundation. And then you can go from exactly. there with people that know you. Exactly.
2: And... and now I'm comfortable with it going in different directions cool. because I know that what I'm making is more universal than one community.
0: Okay, let's go over to the masculinity there. Yeah, I'm so curious. What you have to say about how have you formed your masculinity and what now informs that. And is there anything that you kind of want to say about
2: it to other people, about either your own journey or... I will say that for me, to be a good Muslim like the Prophet, he said he was sent we have a full religion. Mm-hmm. We have a religion and there's like mm-hmm. over a billion people in it. The, it like the Islamic empire is one of the most innovative, progressive ever, from like eye surgery to arithmetic. It's built itself out. And we have things we're supposed to do. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to do to Hajj, charity, you do these things. Mm-hmm. And it always blows my mind that the prophet said that he was sent to humanity mm-hmm. to guide good character. It's like it wasn't sent to prescribe prayer. That wasn't the sole purpose. So if your character is strong, that has nothing to do with praying five times a day necessarily when we're talking about humanity
0: like if you're doing all of the praying and stuff like that but your character isn't it doesn't good mean then right he
2: like he's the one that we follow for how to live our lives mm-hmm. which means so much more to me because that's what you're talking about like humility mm-hmm. and respect mm-hmm. and great gratitude and gratefulness and for me in my everyday life mm-hmm. i don't think about it as like oh i'm muslim so i do this i think about it as I'm human, and as a Muslim, this is how you're supposed to be human. And so, being kind to my mother is not just because I'm a Muslim, it's because Islam tells me that that's how you be a good be a human. human that's a preface. But, no, I love that. Um, it's great. Yeah, Yeah. Masculinity-wise, in my music, which is I think is a very simple place to start, I realized that I couldn't rap on like straight hip hop instrumentals. Mm-hmm. I really like guitar and piano, and mm-hmm. it's because it, you can go different places with it and it can evoke different emotions. Mm-hmm. Nowadays in hip hop, you can totally do that, but it tends to start with a lot of drums and a mm-hmm. repeated beat that you can like hold on to and just flow with. But um, a lot of rock music or folk music or acoustic music, in my opinion, more about what emotion you're evoking and how you're working line up with that chord progression from the piano you can hit a certain sound that makes people feel sad or you can hit a certain sound chord yeah. that makes you feel happy right so the lyrics kind of go with that exactly so if i want to go somewhere emotional with my mm-hmm. lyrics my message then i fit better on these types of instruments or this mm-hmm. type of sound and with that came the realization that the stuff i talk about is not necessarily like quote-unquote masculine mm-hmm because I have no problem talking about crying. I'm talking about like a social norm masculine. So like crying or going from one song where I'm like super confident to another song where I'm like breaking down. Mm -hmm. And if the lyrics don't make me feel that for myself when I write it, then Mm -hmm. for me, they're not good enough. So a lot of my stuff is emotionally based. And I realized that Mm -hmm. even growing up, a lot of the the males around me and the the guys around me have enough of a sample size, I think, (laughs) to say that emotion is not at the forefront of what Hmm. like understanding emotions for... yeah it's not at the forefront of what a guy might think about at hmm. least in my circles in mm-hmm. Canada in 2019 mm-hmm.
0: and was that true for you when you were
2: younger or have mm-hmm. you always been a little bit more I've always been like hyper emotional yeah <laughs> like, yeah like I take stuff like now I'm only learning like working and being married and just like becoming more of an adult like mm-hmm. a grown person that there's some things I do too much of like mm-hmm. I overthink things mm-hmm. I I let things get to me that other people do or even that I do mm-hmm. because I realize that they're rooted in someone's character. Mm-hmm. Like someone disrespected me mm-hmm. or I disrespected someone and didn't realize mm-hmm. or I did realize and I did it on purpose mm-hmm. and I get super emotional about that for like days at a time. I'm sure a lot of people do but yeah. I just realize mm-hmm. that when I look at my sample size around me mm-hmm. that like my brothers don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that way. It's easy mm-hmm. for them To brush it off and Mm -hmm. then when I'm married with and my wife has two other sisters my mom has three girls they take that situation and that emotion in a very very different direction and I'm like in between ah interesting very and then I just realized that like I did a masculinity sex masculinity and something in sport in my year my 30s cool and it was interesting because it was about sport but really it's 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 social norms that you're talking about and then I realized I'm in like this in between kind mm-hmm. of world so it comes out of my music that's where I'm probably the most mm-hmm. honest and raw. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that because you just yeah like there's not a lot of men who would have been emotional around you giving you like an example of kind of how to live that way or they Maybe, just didn't yeah. naturally
2: or? To be honest I haven't dove too deep into thinking about that mm-hmm. but now that I if I think about it like, like a surface level probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was more, and yeah. I always come back to that verse from the Quran, the state of mankind will never change until right. they change the state of their own hearts. People, I think, take that in the context of there's wars going on, there's mm. literally genocide going mm. on right now in like Central Africa, mm-hmm. unbelievable things happening in Sudan and mm-hmm. all over the world. Mm-hmm. And then you think about change the state of your own heart, and then you think, okay, mm. the state of mankind will change, the war will stop. Mm-hmm. I stopped thinking that way because I was like, that doesn't mean the war is going to die. It takes you focusing on yourself and Mm -hmm. millions of people doing that Mm -hmm. for years. If you're talking about trying to directly stop a war, people's bad intentions and Mm -hmm. like oppression. So I don't think about it in that large of a context as Mm -hmm. much as those things upset me and I want to do something about it. I always think, okay, how's my music going to help me help other people? And I really want, I think through my music, I'm trying to build a culture and a community. Where all of these things we just literally, everything we talked about mm-hmm. is understood and spoken about. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a community there. They're just not mm-hmm. centralized mm-hmm. or they're in pockets. There's like people doing it here, people doing it here. Yeah. So I'm hoping my music is some sort of bridge cool. to do that and set that culture. Yeah, it sounds like it's working. Hopefully. Yeah. I got more music to put out, so we'll That's see.
0: so exciting.
2: Yeah. Definitely a journey. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. This is so great. one of the better like, conversations and podcasts that I've done. Cool. There's some things in there that I haven't been able to, like I haven't had a chance to say yet. Sweet. That's I exciting. There, which
0: is cool. Thank you. You have a lot of really great perspectives. And I think we covered a lot of cool things too. It's awesome. Thank you. It was great. Yeah. Check out Raz on Instagram at razmusic.co. And please share the podcast if you like it or me. And follow the podcast's Instagram at bodyandwinepodcast. And subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen helps you stay tuned in to these schmexy conversations. And listener call outs, send in up to five minutes of your voice recording something to say on the general themes of sexuality and spirituality, whether formally produced or just casual musings, feel free to send in and we'll include as we are able and at our discretion in upcoming episodes. Contact me, Charlie Gray, on our Instagram account and or send in your queries and entries to our email podcast at charlie gray dot com. Gray is spelt with an A. Okay, that's it. Catch you later, folks. Love.